Welcome to the How Do I Do This podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Levels-Moore, and your new business best friend. And this podcast is housed at Polaris Birmingham, powered by Harvest House Media. The How Do I Do This podcast is providing you with tangible insights and conversations, discussions, and insights from small business owners, entrepreneurs, innovators, thought leaders. We're not just talking about believing yourself. We are asking the real questions. How do you do this? What's the email? What's the credit card? Tell us what you did. How do you lead? So get your notes books ready, your iPads ready, and let's learn how do I do this. All right, welcome everybody. Good morning, good morning. It's great to see everybody on a nice rainy day. We are getting to the uh, part of the semester in ENT 270 when it gets to be really fun and real. Um, These are students. um, Alicia Levels more. I'm going to introduce you in just a minute. This is our guest today, but I want to tell her about you briefly. These are young students, uh, 200 level. A lot of them want to be entrepreneurs. A couple of them are entrepreneurs already. They'll be inspired by what you share with them. So just so you know, they're not like MBAs or seniors yet. They're mostly sophomores and juniors, but you know, before long, they're going to be there and they're a very talented group. I've been with them for about seven or eight weeks now and they really impressed me. Um, So we are honored today. We have Miss Alicia Levels Moore here. She uh, founded a place called Polaris um, over in Woodlawn. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a co-working space for entrepreneurs. So she's not only an entrepreneur, she's plugged into the ecosystem of entrepreneurs here in Birmingham. And she'll tell us first about what she does at Polaris and why she does it and where it all came from. And then after she talks about the business for a little bit, and I hope you guys have a lot of questions for her as she does that, then we'll uh, then we'll drill down a little bit and she'll get to talk to us a little bit about who she is and what yes. drives her and where she's from and why she's doing all this personally, yes. because that'll be important to you. But before I turn it over to her to tell us about Polaris, let's give her a warm UAB welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, it's welcome. If you could tell us yeah. the story of Polaris a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Thank you. Well, first of all, good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for coming to class, right? Um, <laughs> that counts. And so, um, like you may mention, my name is Alicia Levels Moore. I founded a, a few organizations, but the one more recently that I founded is called Polaris Birmingham. So I operate in the small business development, economic development space. And I just noticed that there were a need for more spaces that were vibrant and beautiful for entrepreneurs to convene, to ideate, um, and vibrant spaces that felt like home when you walked in. And so I wanted to start a community-based co-working space. So my husband and I have been um, Woodlawn residents for about nine years. And so I thought if I was going to start anything, why not start it in my community? Because there's a difference, right? Like you have co-working spaces like the WeWorks of the world. They're everywhere. But why not have spaces right in communities where people are living, where they're working, and where they're trying to make a living, right? And so my thought process was if we could house it right in a community, the high schoolers, as they're walking home from school, they can see this big, open, bright, beautiful space of thinkers and innovators right in their neighborhood, right? As I'm getting off of work, I have a place to come and get in whatever I can get in as I'm continuing to think about my side hustle or my next business. So we started Polaris. The the name is derived from the North Star. So culturally, when you see the North Star, right, in a certain time period, it meant freedom. 
you would journey toward that star. But it also meant people were going to come alongside and help you. And so Polaris is the North Star for small business owners, entrepreneurs, where they know they can dream, they can work, they can ideate, but they also know people are going to come alongside them and help them get where they're trying to go. And so really that's ultimately what we're building. But then in addition to that, I, I, my goal is for it to be an educational hub. I think even myself getting into entrepreneurship, there's so much that just feels so big, right? Mm -hmm. So much that's out of touch. And so the more we can break down those barriers and give people culturally competent education and experiences, it helps us to break the barriers to entrepreneurship, which we also know is, <clears throat> excuse me, a wealth building tool. So that's kind of the, the genesis of Polaris, what we're building, um, my heart behind it. And I'm, I'm excited for um, what we're doing. We started last August. And so we, we're still little babies in this venture. But it's been in a very exciting journey so far. So how did you find a space and put it in, like a building and all? How did that all work? And where'd that come from? Yeah, so this is entrepreneurial mindset, right? So the entrepreneurial mindset is figure it out. So I lived in a community and I would drive by this building all the time. And I was like, man, it's such a cool space. And so when I first started getting the idea for having a co-working and event space, and I forgot to mention that too, another thing that we've built into the business model of Polaris is that it's not just co-working, it's also an event space, right? So when you're launching business ideas, you have workshops, meet and greets, pop-ups. And so you, you need a place to hold those things. But if you're using a regular event space, sometimes it holds 500 people and you don't need that. And then you don't always know if that date is going to be available. So we have the co-working side, but then we also have built-in event space for people to host the workshops, the pop-ups, the meeting greets, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when an entrepreneur shows up to Polaris and is like, man, I might want to work out of there and you meet them and they're like, well, what can Polaris do for me as an entrepreneur? What are like, what's the list of things that you would say? Yes. So one of the things, the biggest thing is providing community and space and safety, right? So providing that because when you're working on an idea, sometimes it can be extremely intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, and you're like, okay, is this a dumb idea? Is this a good idea? So one of the things we provide just that's, that's, Intangible but tangible is community and safety. But in addition to that, we offer uh, business coaching, consulting, a place. Really, it's a one-stop shop. So we have a complete podcast content suite studio. So if you need to create audio content, video content, we have that. If you want to throw an event, but you're not good with event planning, event decor, we have in-house people to help you get those things off the ground. We have in-house branding and marketing. So really, if you come with an idea, we have a team of people to help massage it and actually get it executed. So can they rent a desk or a yes. room or both? Yep. Or? yep, yep. So the business model is membership based, right? So you pay $100 a month, you have complete access to the space, you get discounted event space, you get access to the podcast room, et cetera. But if you just want to pop in for the day, you can get a day pass. Or if you're like, hey, I just want to create a podcast and audio content, we're also kind of massaging and working through just providing memberships just for people who want to create podcasts. Mm -hmm. So you have a consistent place to kind of come. If we wanted to teach a class over there, could we you do a deal with you to do that? absolutely teach a class. Wouldn't that Go be ahead. fun to take 270 over there yeah. someday? Get a bus or meet over there? Yeah, maybe. come on, let's do it. What do you want to do? Let me talk about that. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll make talk it about it. It's in the calendar. Calendar. That'd be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? Oh, that is so cool. Okay, so within the operation, I think we kind of, and again, you guys have questions. Do like this, and I'll call on you because I have a bunch of questions for her. Outside of your facility in Woodlawn, what kind of impact, what kind of, I mean, we, you talked about wealth generation just a little bit earlier, but think long term. What is what is your vision for what this is going to do 
for the community that you're in outside your doors? Yeah, it's it's providing opportunities and spaces for people to at least have their dreams realized, massaged, thought through, and providing the resources and support to to get it off of the ground. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I don't, know, I don't know if a lot of you are familiar like with Woodlawn. Does anybody know, familiar with Woodlawn, the community? Kind of a little bit. So it's, it's going through a really interesting trajectory, to say the least, right? So we have some new housing. We have some new development company coming. Um, and so one of the things that I got involved in early, even before I started Polaris, was helping to build equitable entrepreneurial ecosystems, right? Because you have people in the community who've lived there 15, 20 years, right? who've stayed in grandma house and, and kept it up. And as the community is changing, they don't really have the resources to start a business in that community and benefit from what's getting ready to come. Right. So mm. someone might now see the vibrancy and say, Hey, I want to, I want to start a coffee shop or, you know, I want to start a bakery. And that's amazing because the community needs that. Right. But then the same people who have lived there, they don't have the same opportunities to have their dreams realized mm. in a community that they held on to mm. when nobody else was paying attention. Right. And so I think the long term impact is how do we create more community based entrepreneurs? Because really, the economy runs off of small business owners. We have a, a small percentage of the huge companies like the Apples and Amazons of the world. Mm -hmm. But the reality is every company is not going to be an Amazon. Every company is not going to be Apple, but our economy literally runs off of the small local business right. owners. And so I think the, the, the big impact long term is how can we create more local community based entrepreneurs to revitalize communities? Because when you think about community revitalization, there's housing. But then the business district is so important because wherever you live, you want to be able to walk out of your door, get your, your needs met, go somewhere and be mm -hmm. entertained. You want to eat good food. Well, who's going to do that? Right. Right. right? Like right. Who, who's going to who's right. going to do that? And it, it requires small business owners. So I think our impact is being able to create more local community based entrepreneurs to house and reside in, in community. Right. And I, I got another question for her, but I just thought of something while we're doing this. Could one of you like kind of walk around the back and take some photos that capture the audience and us up here? Because I'm going to put them in our Discord, just like one and of we, you. And I have somebody doing that. We're having good. It'd be good? Okay. So you, you'll yeah. share these with yes, us? Yes. We'll, we'll okay. All right. Great. Thanks, man. I just want to jump up and do it. Awesome. All right. So the idea is a startup could come, safe, community, support, and they could get off the ground first one or two or three years, maybe get some traction. Mm-hmm. And then they get out of your space and get into the community and start mm -hmm. doing and growing more. Is mm -hmm. that kind of the general yeah. idea? Yeah, for sure. For that's sure. Dope. And whether that's, that's you know, in a physical space, whether it's becoming a service provider or product based, mm. right, it's still making sure people can find space um, right. within the community. But they can also provide services and products. And again, like we talked about that wealth generation. And sometimes when you think of wealth generation, I think right now it's so trendy. So you hear people saying it all the time. Right. But Truly and realistically, in some cases, an extra $2,000 makes the biggest difference in some people's household, right? right. And so that, that's also a part of it as well. Right. Man, that's beautiful stuff. When I think about, you know, the best and brightest entrepreneurs around, I mean, this is, this is it right here. Um, North Star. Remember we talked about the culture, KFC and the power. I mean, think of all that she can do with that, the history of what that means mm -hmm. and everything. And she can just build on that metaphor and add qualitative meaning to what she's doing. Um, so at full capacity, how many entrepreneurs do you think could work out of Polaris? So at full capacity, we can get 100 entrepreneurs. That's our, mm. our membership uh, cap is 100 entrepreneurs. Um, 
in, in the space, um, right? But then we also have people who may not be members, but they want to come in and, and host workshops. They want to come in and, and teach, a class. teach a class. They want to come in and, you know, do Oh, okay, I got you. And they want to <laughs> come in and do like a meet and greet, right? Or like test out their products. So even So another thing we have in Polaris that's really cool is we have um, a pop-up shop. So what we do is we give business owners their own storefront. Mm. And so they're, but they're housed inside of the co-working space. So they're not just building on some random street in some random place. They're building inside of community. So mm. we put their vinyl on the door. They have their own entry and they're able to kind of get started and feel all the feels of having a storefront yeah. without the overwhelm of what that could look like financially. Right. And when it gets a little challenging, they can walk outside of their storefront, come into the co-working space, get some advice, take a breather and go back in and try right. it out. Yeah. Right. So, so providing that space as well. Love it. Love it. So we're going to get a lot more personal with her. And I suspect that when we get to that part of the conversation, there'll be a lot more questions, but right now you heard a little bit about her business, about the community, kind of impact she wants to make. And we already talked about this, anything that might be on your mind, even if you think it's a, you know, not a very good question, it, it probably is. And I know she's attuned to what we're doing here. She's here to help you. So anything you guys got, now's a good opportunity to lay it on her about Polaris, community, entrepreneurship, Birmingham, anything at all. This one. Yes. Uh, so we're going about creating Polaris. Uh, what exactly were you up to for that point in your life? Yeah. So it still was in the, the same space. Um, but Polaris really, I'd like to say it's just a physical manifestation of it. Right. So working with organizations, doing small business consulting, helping with economic development, helping to build out entrepreneurial pipelines. So I was really in that space and in, in those spaces, that's where I saw the the opportunity, right? I was like, okay, we're doing this work, but where are people meeting? Where are they collaborating? And so looking for opportunity in the world that I was already in. So I was already in the space and then Polaris really just was the physical manifestation of that. So I was able to take the services I already provided and just house them in a physical space and get people to work. Because then also what we're able to do is create our own ecosystem because I do consulting. So people who come in and they need help, I can consult them and I can point them into the direction of like the other service providers and experts that I know in the field. And we'll see about trying to hold a class over there. But if any of you as individuals are over in the community or in the neighborhood, now, now you've heard about it, you see it, knock on the door and go yeah. say hello or something like For that. Sure. And go check it out. Question. Um, real quick opportunities. We talk a lot about opportunities coming out of problems. Problems come first mm -hmm. and then opportunities emerge out of them. And it sounded like people didn't have a place to meet. That was like part mm -hmm. of the problem. Is, mm -hmm. is that right? Is there more to that? Yeah. I, I, I felt like people didn't have a place to meet that was super inclusive. Mm. Right. So we have some really amazing spaces in Birmingham. I'm excited about all that's happening in like the Birmingham ecosystem. A lot has come online, um, but there's still opportunity to ensure that the spaces are diverse and they feel welcoming. And I think, you know, there's a, a huge bit on tech, which is amazing, but everyone's not a tech entrepreneur, right? I've been so, saying that too. You know, and so you're like, well, can I go over there? They don't mm -hmm. think I'm done. Like, I don't know what to do over there, you know? And so mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure the problem I saw was there was not a space that was diverse and that you didn't, there were no pretenses before you walked in. Right. That's that good. part. All right, over here, we got some questions. Yes. So, um, my question is like, what's your Bonus to act upon opening like your business, make what make your business different from your competitor because like event hall and like a uh, co-working space has been like a lot of company have that too. Mm -hmm. and they're trying to incorporate it into their company. So what made you think that you can compete against their company 
and then get a separate working space and make people come and like get your membership. Yeah. So so and and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like what I'm the question I'm hearing you ask is like, what was the unique value proposition, right? So one of the things I did before I got started was I created a pitch deck because I had to be able to tell my story in a very succinct way and I had to do my research. So I, I did a competitive market analysis. I, I looked and seen what was going on. And I think the difference maker, I like to say in the most, you know, layman terms, is I'm the sauce, right? Like, I'm not worried about what nobody else is doing. I need to know what they're doing, but I understand the value that I add. And so I think a part of it is the messaging, mm -hmm. really. Because when you think about it, Apple is not the only phone in the world, but we feel like it, <laughs> you know? And it's because of how they present their messaging. So I knew that our brand story, right? The North Star, Polaris, when people, it would resonate with them without having to say mm. a whole lot, right? I was very clear because I had been in the spaces that a lot of places, they look nice, but they look like gray and white offices. So we have yellow and teal and black and white. So really thinking about like my messaging and how I presented it. So yes, there are spaces that offer co-working and event space, but how you say it. So I knew it's not just event space because I don't want you to throw a baby shower at Polaris. I want you to host your pop-up. I want you to host your workshop. I want you to host your class, right? So that that type of verbiage, it lets my audience know I'm talking specifically to them. So I, th I had to do analysis. I had to look at, okay, what does the Innovation Depot offer, right? What does a Forge offer? What does a Creed 63 offer? And then how can we set ourselves apart and make sure our audience knows that we're talking exactly to them? Good, good. Lacey? Oh, what entrepreneurs have came through your program? Like what companies or businesses have y'all helped build? So build, we're supporting, right? So again, a lot of people are in the beginning phases. So we have people who are starting their marketing companies. We have a lot of people in finance. We have photographers. So it really kind of runs the gamut because again, there we have startup, but then a lot of our people, they're already in business, right? So one of the, the um, our members, she has a, a marketing agency. She's been in business for three or four years, right? So what we do is support her. We find ways to put her on our podcast platform. We make sure when she's in the space, we connect her with other people. Again, like most co-working spaces, it's an opportunity to connect. So if, she, if somebody needs marketing, she's going to be the go-to person. We have people in finance. If someone needs to understand finances, they're going to that person, right? And so it's really just kind of supporting whatever industry, whatever business and providing support for them. So it just, it varies. Okay, so I found this. If I were to want to come in and get, like, talk to the person that's marketing or talk to the person that's finance, could I do that without having to get a membership and have, like, my own thing? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we do is we have an app. And through our app, there's a directory. So if you download our app, you can see the members. You can connect with them. You can see their... It's like our own kind of version of LinkedIn, right? And so you can kind of see. But hopefully, after you connect so long, you're going to want to be able to see these people all the time without trying to chase them down in their inbox or chase them down on their phone. So you'll be able to connect with them in the space and outside of the space. But one of the things we wanted to be super sure of is, is trying to do a good job of tech enabling our business. So by having our own app, it allows people to kind of come into the space, see the directory and get plugged into com community even without membership. Man, I love that. I mean, she, like I said, we do have some entrepreneurs in here too, and she's one of them. And I mean, who knows, you might find a new client moving. Yeah. <laughs> into, I mean, seriously, it's a good move for any of you who are entrepreneurs to do that because it gets you out of the apartment or whatever and in a space that you're not standalone yet, but you're like, 
moving in that direction mm -hmm. and you get support and community too right in the back yes day pass so so that's also an option so you can come in get a day pass so if you're like hey i'm not ready for the whole membership thing get a 25 dollars day pass come in and work see who you bump into while you're on, your, on the app check the directory send a message like hey are you gonna be in polaris today so yeah thank you heaven heaven yeah. handles our social media she's amazing it's good hey <laughs> I thought you were a student that just hadn't been attending class or something. <laughs> oh, nice. Good to have you here. All right, a couple more questions about like her business, her the name, the culture, the story, clients, operations. Go ahead. So, um, do you think that Polaris, like, are you cooperating with like any other business? Like vendors. And yes, that's that's a great question. So, luckily, like where we are, we're in a really kind of cool place. We have a walkable business district, so we have like a coffee shop right across the street. Um, Slutty Vegan just came in the neighborhood, so it was kind of corner to it. So we have those different things, but we did have the idea of um, when we rotate a business owner out of our pop up shop to kind of either house a food concept in there, someone who's trying to get their food business off the ground and give them an opportunity to test it out with our members is a little less scary. And so, yes, yeah, so partnering with different members who may be in the, in the food concept space. Um, but luckily where we are, we kind of have a few food options, like literally just like one minute, two minutes away. It's mm, good. Do you think of like giving them like, you know, like on, maybe we have a one card and we can buy through swiping. You think we can provide your membership with the swiping? Yes, yes. Yeah, girl, listen, you got some more ideas? I think, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I, was, I think that's good. I know one of the things we thought about before too was like working with the different food vendors um, within the vicinity, kind of providing a discount, right? So like any Polaris members, they get 20% off on their lunch or 20% off on their, you know, their latte, et cetera. So that is something that we want to be able to build in, even with the retail spaces. Um, because again, Woodlawn has a really cool um, and cohesive business district that we're building. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking another question, but again, put that hand up if you got a question, I'll see it and I'll call on you. Um, in this class, we talk a lot about growth because entrepreneurship is all about growth. You know, start idea, project, venture, and just growing. Mm -hmm. You've obviously been growing and you've gotten traction. Um, but what's the next big milestone on your horizon when you think about two, three years down the road? Is I mean, what comes to mind when you think about the stages of growth in front of you? What's next? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think one of the things you have to be open to. Um, <laughs> When, when you start an idea, I had a, a, um, a quick mentor. He wasn't there long. He was really great. But one of the pieces of advice he gave me is become obsessed with the problem and not the solution. Um, and I was like, what, what, what you mean? And I think sometimes as business owners, as people who are thinking through ideas, we get obsessed with our solution. Mm. Right. We see the problem. We're like, OK, this is how you fix it. And we become obsessed with that instead of obsessing over the problem because the problem evolves. So for example, does anybody remember Blockbuster by a show of hands? They became obsessed with their own solution, mm -hmm. which is why they don't exist anymore, mm -hmm. right? At the time, the solution was people need a way to be able to watch movies at home, which was very true. And they were very successful because at one point that was the solution to that problem. But the problem evolved. 
Now I, I need higher quality. Now I want to stream. Now I want to see it on my phone. And so it was a story about how Netflix, they went to Blockbuster early on and said, hey, like we, we have this new way. And they were like, that's insane. <laughs> Who wants to do that? That's weird. Okay. Like we are the Blockbuster. Get out of my face. And we see where they are today. Mm. And so I think it's important for us as entrepreneurs to become obsessed with the problem because the problem will evolve. And I'll use Apple again because it's one of the biggest companies in the world. Like how, okay. How many of you all have more than one Apple product? Mm-hmm. I have like eight, right? I'm like, I, I have two MacBooks, an iPad, AirPods, an Apple Pencil. It's ridiculous, right? But what they thought about is, okay, we got this phone, but what other problems? Okay, people want to be able to listen to it without headphones. Okay, now we have this, we got a laptop, but they want to be able to take it on the go. And then we need to, they were continually thinking about the problem and not their personal solution. So I think it's important. I lost track of the question. What was the question? Oh, no, it was good. You're hitting it. Okay, You're well, what was it I though? forgot what it was too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Next, next milestone. Yeah. yeah. Next milestone. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. So, you know, I, for me, that, that's, that's what, for me. Um, I was fist bump. Okay. Come on, fist bump. And so, for me, I have ideas about what the next may be, but I have to keep my pulse on the problem mm -hmm. because the solution is not always going to be Polaris. Because entrepreneurs are going to evolve. When you think about co-working spaces, it, it's, it's not new, but it's a newer concept of people not going into offices, working remotely, the startup culture, right? And so I have ideas. I, I would like to see Polaris in other mid-sized markets, right? You have the New Yorks and LAs and all these places that can handle the gathering spots and WeWorks of the world. Mm -hmm. But what about the Memphises and the, the Nashvilles and right. the... Right? Like the, right. the places in middle America that need space. That's right. Right? That's so one of my long-term goals is how do we also occupy these mid-sized markets with these innovation um, hubs? Right. So right? growing a second or third, fourth location, but in another city. Yeah. Mid-sized city. Right. Yeah, and, had, and it becoming educational as well. Right. We had seven WeWorks in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just it's crazy. A, it's, seven of them up there. Yeah, and, and some places can't handle that. No, 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 that's good. That's real good stuff. All right, so um, I'm kind of watching the audience here. We're going to get personal here in a minute, but I got a couple more questions about the business. Tell us about how you build your core team, how you recognize talent, how you build trust, because we talk a lot about that in here. We just had a couple weeks of like team and thinking about team, and you can't do it all by yourself. You can in the beginning, but eventually you can't and like you know it can be hard to give up a little let yes. someone else hold your baby yes let someone else dip their spoon in your bowl of cereal kind of a thing it, <laughs> yes. it's a little bit yes. uncomfortable right <laughs> but you, you got to do it so yeah how, how do you navigate that that's such a great question because it's what i'm smack dab in the middle of as an entrepreneur when you start your idea one of the things i want to just admonish you to do now is never think about how you're going to do it by yourself ever Ever. Before you have the capital, before you know who's going to do it, I want you to write down all the people that you need to help you get it done. Right. Because as you move along, you will find them. And so I think for me, when we talk about team building, one of the most important things is trust. But people have to know your vision. 
They have to know where you're going and they have to trust that you're going to lead them well. And I think one of the things that has been helpful for me in building team is realizing that every person that comes alongside to support me, that they're human. They have their own dreams. Right. And I think now, like especially like with workforce, it's changing so much. If you get people you think they're going to be a workhorse, you're going to run out of people very quickly. Mm. So you need to know what people's desires are, what they want to do. How can you help them get there? If you're thinking about how you can help other people, people will always figure out how they can help you. Yeah. Right? But so, they only want to follow someone with character and integrity. Mm. Don't lie to people. Even if you don't have it, share your vision. Know how to articulate your vision and tell people where you're going. And I promise you they'll help you. So one of the things I realized, I am a very high-functioning individual. <laughs> This is like one of many things that I'm doing. And I realize I can never do it alone. And mm. I know I'm not an expert at everything. I'm brilliant, but I don't know everything. Example, Gary Miller. This is my friend. He also runs our podcast and content studio in Polaris. I don't know nothing about nobody camera. Okay. I know how to run his iPhone. That's it. I'm not. And personally, this my own personal thing, I try to focus more on my strengths and less on my weaknesses. Mm. I think there's always, you know, you want to look at where you can grow, but I like to just look at what am I good at and how can I strengthen that? And how can I find people who are not good at what I'm good at? I like to be on Instagram for myself, but heaven, she understands how to create content, right? So as we started to grow, it started with me. And then every time we grew, I figured out, okay, how can I bring somebody else on? How can I make it make sense? But also, how can I serve them? Right. Just for example, not put having business out there like with heaven. When we talk, I say, heaven, well, what do you want to do? What are your goals? Right. So every person that I meet, guess who's going to be their social media person? She is. Not only am I going to she's going to help me in my business. I'm going to help her in her business. Mm. Every connection I have, I'm going to make sure that she can get what she needs as well. So I think when you're thinking about your idea, you might not have the money. You don't know who it's going to be yet. But write down what you need. And as you go along, be a person of character and integrity. Read as much as you can about leadership. Learn. But ultimately, it's just serving other people and being very clear on your vision. You know, and so we've been able to build our team it started with myself. We have someone running our podcast studio. We have a virtual assistant. We have heaven on social media. We have someone who does events. We have a creative admin person, right? We, we're getting another team member, right? And again, it's how can I serve this person genuinely, not to get something out of them, but really, how can I serve them? Right. To develop them and help them grow and absolutely two way street. Yeah, that's, that, that's dope. I mean, we were talking a lot about a lot of the things you're saying are relating back to things that we talked about in here. How are we doing on time? Anyone? What, sorry? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay. Lacey, go ahead. Oh, I have a question. So when did you say you started August 2022? So we started Polaris. I've, I've been an entrepreneur for a while, but we started Polaris August 2022, August 21st, 2022, a Saturday. So how did you get, like, not like how did you get started, but where do you get, how do people find out about you? It's a combination of all those things. One of the things I'm sure you guys have talked about is you have to be as creative as possible. Right. So I tapped into my network. But again, like I made mention of earlier, I, I created a pitch deck 
every before I mean literally I wasn't lying okay it was in faith but every person that I talked to I was telling them about this place and they're like oh my god mm -hmm. because what I did was I had 4D renderings I had first I had an interior designer it was so funny and I'm gonna get back to your marketing question but when I toured the building I had no money I didn't know what I was doing right because I never had a brick and mortar space but I had a vision so I asked the the the, the property owner like hey let me just come in and just check the space out but every day I was in there, like I own a building. I had people measuring stuff. He's like, what are you? You ain't, you have not paid me any money, ma'am. I'm like, just, just mind the business. <laughs> and so I had people coming in and measuring. So then that way, what I did is I could take that and I had someone create a rendering mm -hmm. of what it would look like. Mm -hmm. And then somebody took that and they made it into a 4D rendering of what a video of the, the space would look like. And I took that and I put it into a pitch deck. So then I started telling everybody about what was getting ready to happen. I was articulating my vision and showing I had to give them something because sometimes you have the idea in your head and that's that's cute. People want to hear it, but they want to see it. Right. So I took that pitch deck. I told everybody I knew in my network. Right. And then I went ahead and in the process of get, building the building out, I hired a publicist. I hired a PR company. Listen, I need you to tell my story and I need you to tell it right. This is what we're doing. These are the words I need you to put in there. And it was a nominal cost for them to get us in every publication. In the business journal, in the, uh, what's the other one? The Alabama Reads, you know, all, all the places. Y'all know the places, mm -hmm. right? Like, they took that story and they put it all over, right? Mm -hmm. So then we had to, of course, get on social media. So I, I found someone, I was talking to everybody I knew, because you have to tell people what you're doing. How are people going to help you if they don't know what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Put your ego down, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, I need help. So someone said, hey, I know someone who does Google Analytics. So someone came in, started creating Google ads, and made sure that our website had certain SEO. So when people just were looking for stuff, we would pop up, right? Mm -hmm. So it was talking to my network. It was working with a, a public relations company. It was finding somebody to do Google ads and SEO for us. And it was finding somebody to do Instagram ads, right? Mm -hmm. And doing those different things. And then making sure that when anybody talked to me about it, they felt so in tune with the vision that they then became ambassadors and evangelists for what we were doing. Right, right. So you did all of this before you started your company, before you had any income? Any How income. How did you hire all this? So, so, the, so hiring them, for example, a PR person to do this, it was $600. Find it. Go get the money. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what your job is, to mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right? So I had, so what I did is I was like, okay, I need to write a grant. I never wrote a grant before. But again, your job is to figure it out. I wrote a grant and I got the grant, $25,000. I said, okay, <laughs> now we cooking with grease. You know what I'm saying? So then I went ahead and I found some other funding opportunities. Then I understood and I leveraged my business credit, right? $600 for a, for a PR person, right? It maybe was about seven to $800 for Google ads. Okay, we only had $1,500. That's not a million. I can handle that. I think sometimes what we think is that it's so astronomical that it's outside of our ability or capacity. Mm. But when we really start looking at it, it don't cost that. Like everything is not a million dollars. But are you creative? Are you leveraging relationships? When I start asking, I realize it wasn't that much. It cost me maybe $200 to get a 4D rendering of the space. Mm. That's nothing for me to sell my dream. Right. And then somebody was like, okay. Now I'll give you 25. We talk a lot about networking in here, don't we? And like, she's telling people what she's doing and they're telling other people. You talk about 
become the ambassador. Mm -hmm. We talk about that second order network a lot in here and the importance of networking and all of that. And you hit on so many of the themes that we talked about, but she's got actual practical real world immediate examples right now reflecting these theories and concepts that we're talking about. This is great. Nothing better than seeing an entrepreneur talk about their vision because um, that passion comes out and I think everybody can feel it. We have two questions. I'm coming to you in a minute, but yes, sir, in the back. Resistance? Um, I think one of the, the things you can do for yourself is prepare for people to tell you no all the time. So I read this book, somebody gave me this book at 16 and it really changed my life. It's a book called Think and Grow Rich. I was in high school, I ain't know nothing, you know what I'm saying? I just read it. But what it talked about, and one of the key things it talked about was persistence, right? So this book is like Carnegie and Ford. It's breaking down all these like legendary historical figures. And the thing that it said that all of them possess was a level of persistence. Mm. And persistence is my, my relentlessness that no matter what you say to me, I'm not going to stop. People are going to tell you no all the time. Now, I took my money and I did the renting and I did the pitch deck. And people are like, oh, that's, that's cute. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but your no, what does your no mean to me? That means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think as entrepreneurs, prepare for rejection. Prepare for people telling you no. Prepare for people not believing in your dream and what you know to be true. But people telling you no and not believing, literally, I could care less about what you think. Because those same people now are like, oh my God, Alicia, that's amazing. Really? You ain't even gonna give me $5 to help me. You know what I'm saying? And so I think you have to prepare yourself to be rejected. Mm -hmm. Prepare yourself to hear no. The biggest thing you can do as an entrepreneur is have mental toughness. Because even once you get in it, even once you get the money, even when you get started, it's going to be hard. Mm. Mm. Entrepreneurship is ghetto. For real. Like, it's because it's hard. Just this week, I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I made the right decision. I don't, this is this. These are those little moments of weakness it's, that come you know, up, right? It's, it's, but, you, but I remind myself that the, the biggest job I have mm. is to keep going mm -hmm. and then you wake up and you're like man what the hell was that all about let's get back i'm telling you i'm telling you like monday i was ready to quit tuesday i was i was feeling myself you know mm -hmm, what i'm saying mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it just it, it ebbs and it flows but the question is what are you going to do mm. if if you have a vision that you believe in so much and one person can come in and take that away from you you don't want it yeah yeah that's that that's right right here go ahead yeah so this question is related to her marketing yes. question. So as you said, you bring your message and you talk to people a lot about your dream, right? And do you, like, sometimes when you talk a lot about one thing, people are going to get overwhelmed by that idea. So when do you know where to stop or not let overwhelm people with a lot of talking? Uh, the first one, the second one is, like, how do you deal with, deal with like, conflict in your team? Like, yes. human is problematic and it's every person requires like a specific dealing. So how, how do you figure it out how to deal with it? And I want like a specific yeah. one instead of saying like communication is the key. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's like, don't tell me nothing cookie cutter, don't tell yeah. me. I got you. Okay, so part A is how do you know when to like not talk to people so much they get tired of it? Guess what? I don't care how how much tired you get of it. 
It ain't none of my business. Mm -hmm. How many commercials? When you, I don't know. I don't really listen to the radio no more. But when you, how many times you see one commercial on TV? What's your name, sir? Ahmad. My nephew name. Do, when you watching TV, do you think they say, you know what? I think a mod is a tide of this commercial. We're gonna say they don't care about a mod being, they're gonna get their message until they convert you. Mm. Mm. The only thing they're concerned about is conversions, right? So you don't concern yourself with people becoming fatigued with your message. That's right. It just is what it is. There's a Starbucks, it's because I seen your cup, on every other corner. There's a McDonald's and there's a Burger King. They're like, you're going to eat these burgers. One way, I don't care. Vegan or not, you're going to eat it. Right? They don't care. They don't care. Your job is sales. Mm. Even if you choose, now, I can't force you to be my customer, but I can force you to know our business exists. And when a need comes up, even if you're like, I'm so tired, you're going to do it anyway. It's like that superpower we talked about, not caring too much what other people think. Remember that one, right? It's good. It's yeah. great. Then conflict within the team. Conflict within the team. Um, I think the biggest thing you could do is create a certain culture. Conflict's going to come up. People are going to change. You're working with adults. But what is the culture? Have you facilitated and cultivated a culture where it's okay for people to tell you what mm. they're feeling? Have you facilitated a culture where it's okay for somebody to say, hey, I'm not feeling this and I'm not doing well. And it goes back to how you serve your people, right? And I think you have to realize that conflict just comes, but as the leader of a team, you have to figure out the best way to handle that conflict. And you gotta be willing to jump on it before. So even in our team, there's like, hey, we're gonna do this and the third. We have a project management software we use. And sometimes people don't follow instructions. So instead of letting it linger and me getting the attitude, I'm the leader. Whatever I do, my team's going to reflect that. So if I get an attitude and I'm not talking right to people, my team's going to do that to each other. So I think it's important to evaluate yourself as a leader and determine what type of culture are you going to set. Have some, some do's and don'ts. The, the thing is, what you want to set is people like us do things like this. Mm. So people on this team, we do things like X, Y, and Z. People on this team, we don't do X, Y, and Z. And then you have to model that for your team. That's good. It's good. Building culture, building community. We talk a lot about that in here, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can build community, a strong community. I mean, it'll outrun strategy every day of the week. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All right, last question, then we're going to shift gears a little um, bit. It's kind of a two-part question, but how did you early on discern what your strengths are? And in that, how did your dreams start to develop, like, in yeah, so your strengths, just keep, I think the biggest thing for your, your strength kind of um, identifier <clears throat> is self-awareness. Pay attention to yourself. You know how some people are like, I don't know why I do that. It's like, why, why don't you know that? You know what I'm saying? Like, pay attention to yourself. What, what are you constantly doing? That, and, and it's the thing people kind of say, like, what is the thing that people always tell you that you're good at? Right? So, like, for me, all my friends, I just thought everybody was messed up. They would always come to me for advice. You know, I'm like, well, I don't want to talk. I'm not Uber. I don't want to talk to you all day. You know what I'm saying? But I had the skill and the gift of hearing a problem and figuring out a solution. Right? And so I think look at, like, what you're good at. Look at your skills. What, what do you enjoy the most all the time? And then, like, turn that thing on its head and figure out how those skills are transferable. Because most people will do that and they're like, oh, maybe I should be a therapist. I mean, probably not. You know what I'm saying? But like those skills are transferable. So be self-aware. Look at what you do. And then look at what lights you up. 
Because mm. I think we have a lot of things that we can do, but what do you actually want to do? Somebody told me one time on a coaching call, they said, Alicia, while you're building your business, make sure you choose the things that actually nurture you. Right? So even when you're looking at your gifts and your skills and your talents, like, what is the thing that lights you up? Become aware. Pay attention to what you're good at, but pay attention to what you like. Because the time is up for doing stuff we don't want to do. Now, I mean, you have to do stuff you don't want to do, but I mean, getting involved in pathways and careers that, that don't light you up. We got too much life to live to be doing stuff we don't want to do, you know? And the part B was, I'm talking fast because I feel like, okay, yeah. part B. The second part was like, how did you develop your dream in a way? Like, how did the dream develop? I think our, our dreams are always in a evolution, just like we are. As I evolved, my ideas evolve, right? So I am classically trained in opera, classical music. I've put out albums. I've gone on tours, right? I've evolved. And guess what? I can do whatever I want to do. If I can do this, and then I can do that. And I think just being in tune with yourself. But even in all the different areas that I've worked in, I've always brought my full self. I've always brought all of those skills because, again, they're transferable. So I, the dream, the ideas, they evolve as you evolve and just be fluid and be willing to go where it leads you. Try it. And if you don't like it, guess what you can do? Stop. <laughs> you know, and you can do something else. Or if you like it, but you see another way to do it, you can do that, you know, but just be self-aware, look at your strengths and be fluid, like allow as you evolve, allow your dreams to evolve. And again, pay attention to the problem. What problem do you like to solve? What problem do you feel drawn to? Because even in business or music or consulting, I'm drawn to helping people actualize their potential. I can do that in music because sometimes we listen to songs and you be feeling sad, then you feel happy. Then you feel encouraged, you feel motivated. When you're thinking through an idea, I can consult you and I can come in and do that. So my skills are transferable, right? And so just pay attention to who you are and, and what you like and just be open and know that you can do whatever you want to do. And you don't have to feel locked in. Because one time, you know, when you start something, you don't want to do something else because you don't want people to be like, well, you all over the place. Mm. It's like, am I? <laughs> Maybe you just stuck and stale and boring. You know what I'm saying? I can do what I want to do. I can, I can change my mind, right? So just be, just be open. That's right. All right, quick question here, then we got one there, and then we're going to shift gears a little bit. So um, we talk a lot about in here entrepreneurial life and work. Um, we want to know how many hours per week would you say you put into the work related to Polaris, and if you have any other projects, how many hours go into that? Like we talk about 40-hour work week in a corporate job. Uh -huh. What's your how many hours of work? Now, I know it doesn't always feel like work because work yeah. and life kind of blend together, but if you had to put a number on it, what would you say? That's, that's hard. I don't think it's super quantifiable. Like, so our space is open from nine to six. I open the building at nine. Now that we have digital access, I can leave. I can go wherever. And then, you know, we have um, a teammate who can come in in the afternoon, kind of help us shut down. So it just depends. I think one thing I try to be intentional, I'm pretty good at project management. So I try to time block my days. Mm. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are meeting days. Mondays, I don't talk to nobody. I don't want to talk to you. I'm tired. Okay. Time trying to get my mind right, you know. I need to think about my week, so Mondays I block that off. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I know I'm I'm real meeting heavy. Thursday gives me the day to kind of think through all the meetings, and Fridays I want to go to Target. You know what I'm saying? So I I try to time block my days. Mm -hmm. I have three kids; they're all toddlers. So after six, don't call me. 
I'm tired. And mm-hmm. I got to talk to these kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What happens if they call you after six? Um, we talk anyone? tomorrow. Okay. You tell them I'll talk to you tomorrow? I don't tell them nothing. Okay. Because me answering is like, oh, I-, I can call you. No, no, you can't. Okay. So if you always call me at six and you never get a response, you're going to stop calling me at six. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. What All if right. you don't recognize the number? You answer the phone? I don't. That's okay. interesting because we talk in here about entrepreneurs always answering the phone because you never know who it'll be. Or I, something I, like I think the challenge, though, that we have to be mindful of, and I, I was talking to Carrie earlier about it, is we're in this like grind, hustle, hustle, hustle culture. Mm. But we also see a lot of people having a lot of mental health challenges. Mm. We see a lot of people not making it past a certain age because life is overwhelming. Right, right. So what I have to do is I got to protect my mental health. You're not going to drain me all day. You don't own me. I ain't no genie. Okay. No. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yes. I had to say, okay, what's going to best serve me so mm. that I can be a better entrepreneur? Because if I'm tired, if I'm working all morning, in the evening time, I'm talking to you and all these kids and this person I'm married to, and then I get up at five, I'm, mm. I, can't, I can't be a good consultant. Right. I right. can't lead my team well. I'm tired. Right. 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 Yeah. So, no, so I'm gotta, not working all day. You got to structure your day and your time. And all. I, I do that, too. I don't have meetings before noon, generally. Mm-hmm. I mean, this starts at 11, but that's an exception for me. And I do always answer the phone. But if it's something crazy, I hang up or block them or something. Because mm-hmm. you never know who it might be. I mean, there's different ways of yeah. protecting yourself, which is what you're talking about. And we did talk about mental health and robustness in here quite a bit. And because you can't be a shrinking violet. You know, you got to you got to fight a little bit. But you know, you put yourself at risk sometimes when you do that. Absolutely. And I think we have a good sense of, I mean, you've heard me talk about the way I structure my day. We've talked about how you guys do it. You heard her talk about the key is you got to do it in a way that protects yes. yourself and don't sell your soul to anything. And, um, but you still got to put in those hours. You you, know, oh, listen, that, that goes without saying. So I might not answer the phone at six or seven. I decompress. I try to go to bed pretty early because I, I get up at five. Mm. But like last night I was up, right? I was sending some emails. I, I was like, damn, I forgot. But I cut it, I had a cap. Like by 10 o'clock, I'm off. Whatever emails right. I get, I'm gonna get it done and then I'm, I'm done. Because the phone's still gonna ring. The emails are gonna come. But right. one thing I don't wanna be is a public success and a private failure. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Publicly, right. you look successful. Privately, you tow down. Mm. Right. You tow down. Okay. That's right. Go ahead. Um. I mean, you, we just talked about you're going to sacrifice your time. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to sacrifice some money. You're going to have to be willing to, to bet on yourself. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Um, there may be some friendships because everybody don't get it. Right? People are like, you changing. You don't have time for me. Duh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you shouldn't want to be around me if I'm the same person because that means I'm not evolving. So how are you growing? Mm-hmm. I think you just you just have to put... Just know that whatever you want to do, whatever you want to give yourself to, is going to require a different version of you. You're not going to be able to go into something as the same version of yourself. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to spend your extra. You can't be sitting down watching Netflix. You have to spend your time researching and learning. I, I love music, but I listen to podcasts and audibles all day. I'm teaching myself. I'm connecting with people. I'm constantly doing whatever I need to do to grow, to learn and evolve. Every level is going to require a different version of you. And I think you have to ask yourself, am I willing to do that? And if not, just keep doing what you're doing. But if you're willing to step into the version of you that it requires, just know it comes with a level of sacrifice. People not understanding you, being afraid, capital, money, doing things you've never done before. 
talking to people in your family who like, girl, what do you do again? Right? It's those, those types of things, but it's going to require a different version of you. And you have to just prepare yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually for what you want to do. But the reality is nobody who did anything great could be average. So don't be regular. Resist the urge to be average. Mm. You know? We talked about that too. And average doesn't always mean better or worse. It can just mean different or not like the norm. You know, I, I know where the wide road leads. If mm -hmm. everyone's doing it, I'm not interested. I don't want it. I don't I'm a cool it. kid. I don't do it everywhere. That's right. Great questions, everybody. What, what time is it? Someone help me. All right. We got about 15 minutes. Um, we're going to shift gears a little bit now. Um, that was great, by the way. Give her, give it up for her because that, so good. So good. Thank you. Um, we do want to know a little bit more about you as a human. So we spend time in here talking about the entrepreneurial journey and where it all starts. And we want to know if there were any key moments, like when you think back where you discovered yourself. Um, is there a principle or in a system of ethics or something that you just, it bothers you? Like me, I'm troubled by injustice. That's always mm. been my thing. Um, I, I hate it when I see that in all of its forms. It's just my thing. But whatever it is that when you first started to realize this is who I am and this is what I am, and then you have the courage to follow that and yeah. build something around that. So my, okay, so your thing is injustice. I think my thing is unrealized potential. It makes my soul ache. Mm. When I see people with so much potential who are so afraid to step into their greatness. And so I think that came from like, you know, most, most things stem from childhood, right? And so I've seen a lot of beautiful people um, live a full life, but they did not do the things that they wanted to do. And that caused so much resentment and it caused so much bitterness. And I just think that it's such a sad thing to get to a point in your life and be a woulda, shoulda, coulda person. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the thing that fuels me is... I want to see the people with potential, which is all of us, step into their greatness because it's just a different life. It's a different level of freedom. It doesn't mean easy, but it's a different level of freedom. And it goes from just like existing to living and, and thriving and at least trying, you know? And so like, like I was making mention of earlier, so I, I started in, in music, right? I started singing when I was six years old. So I was always on stages. We moved around a lot. So speaking in front of people and being the new kid in the room is not something I'm afraid of because I had to do it all the time, mm. right? Um, but I realized like, as I was doing that on stages that I had this gift of encouragement. And I didn't know that that was a gift. I was just like, you know, you tell people they can do it. And I mean, you know, hoorah, you're going about your business, right? But I didn't know that it was, it was actually... A gift and that that gift and that skill was transferable. So I had the opportunity to tour in Portugal, Italy, and Spain. So we were on tour and we're like selling out these arenas with people who don't speak English, right? But they're all, but music is such like a universal connector. So they're like mm -hmm. up singing and dancing, etc. And um, one night we were in Spain and a, a mother, she came to the concert and she's like, you know, my, my daughter, she loves gospel music. Like I had to bring her to this concert like, I'm just so excited that she's here. So I'm like, okay, cool. So it gets to, to my part of the concert. I'm up singing. And I'm like, little sis, come, come here. You know, ma'am, bring your baby up here. And so I bring a little girl on stage. I give her the microphone. And she starts singing. 
And afterward, her mom, she comes to me and she's crying. And she's like, man, you don't even realize how you just changed my mm. nine-year-old daughter's life. Mm. And I mean, for me, it was like, oh, I'm just... But for her, that was transformational. And I mm. realized that somebody's waiting on you. Somebody's waiting on you to do the thing, to actualize the dream because, and then it transforms their life. And so I think for me, being able to help people crack open their potential and become all that they're supposed to be. And at least when we get to the end of this thing called life, we feel some sense of satisfaction mm. because I at least tried. There's so many people who don't even try, mm. you know, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's some, I heard this story one time. This young lady, she started this company called Curlbox, million dollar company. She was getting ready to buy like a $700,000 home. And she was so afraid because she's like, well, what if my business fails? And then I can't afford the house. And her therapist would say, well, guess what you do? Sell it. <laughs> right? So, so sometimes like we're doing stuff and we're so afraid of failure. But for example purposes only, the, the decision I made in my mind with starting Polaris, I put my financials in. I, I leverage my business credit. I try. If it don't work, oh well. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try something different. Y'all, listen. I'm gonna give y'all money. Y'all know y'all gonna get it back, right? But at least I tried. At least I tried. I'll never say by showing hands. Does anybody have a family member or a friend who always talks about what they would have done or they could have done? And you're like, okay, we get it. You could have been a football superstar, <laughs> but what you doing right now? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not with that. That reminds me when we talk about miss the boat or sink the boat. You know, it's, it's better to sink the boat. If you're going to mess up, sink that boat. Don't miss it because then it's out there and you're not, you can't do anything at that Great. point. Great. Great point. Great point. So I forgot your question. I could be talking. So yeah. It, it's good. No, we're just okay. talking about like uh, ethics, system of ethics and unrealized potential. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a huge one. I, I love the Polaris story and entrepreneurship equaling freedom in mm -hmm. different kinds of ways and uh, and wealth generation not wealth redistribution but generation mm -hmm. and beautiful beautiful stuff we can see the dancer and the dance together as you talk about this and it's a beautiful thing um we gotta dig in try to get personal whatever because we have a lot i'm just gonna set the context here a lot of these young people are shy um not a lot maybe a third of them are shy they've okay. admitted it and we're talking we're doing things and they want to step out and try yeah. something and maybe mess up. So that's there. That's like a little thing. Um, anything that you guys might be working with, cause you're here and eventually you want to be there and you got to find a way to get there and it's going to be breaking through boundaries like crazy. So whatever's on your mind and whatever fear or uncertainty, dig in and let her, let her work on it for you. So I, I see a hand right here. Go ahead. Um, what has been some of the biggest inspirations in what is like, I guess like you're, yeah, I think um, my biggest inspiration, it, it changes, right, as you evolve. Um, I think before for myself, it was, it may have been a little unhealthy, but my biggest inspiration was like, I'm not going to fail, right? Like growing up, we didn't have a whole lot. And I was like, this just, this, this just can't be my life, right? So I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to, to see through the dreams I have. So my biggest inspiration was making a decision that I wanted my life to, life to look different. But now that I have children, they are. I have three daughters. And so for me, it's like, how can I tell my kids, you can do anything if I didn't do it, mm -hmm. if I didn't try? It's like, well, thanks, mom. But that's technically a lot because you didn't do it, right? So now I want to be a woman of integrity. So if I, as my daughters age, 
and they are met with problems or things that they want to do, I have to be able to say, you can do anything because I did it too and give them something to walk through because I have some, some tangible real world experience. I think the thing that, you know, as far as sparks creativity, I'm doing better. Sometimes when you're building something, you're just so focused on like the details, but like, this might be simple. I really enjoy Hobby Lobby. Okay. Like that's enjoy. I like to just walk around Hobby Lobby. Just, I'm like, that's a nice pillow. Look at, you know, and sometimes there's this book called, um, uh, creative. It's Julie, Julia Cameron. I'm gonna figure it out. But it's author Julia Cameron, um, The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way is a book is really good. And she talks about just finding creativity in the mundane. Sometimes it's like mm -hmm. unplugging instead of working on a business and just taking a walk, mm -hmm. right? Like just going to the park, doing things that are just normal to you. Like you ever notice like when you're in the shower, most of your good ideas come there? I don't know. You about to punch the L, punch the L, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm in the shower, I'll be like, I am a genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but that's because you're not thinking about stuff. You're just being. And so I think like there's this point where we have to like not get so caught up in like the doing mm. and just like be comfortable in the being. And that's like where our creativity comes. Our ideals come. Like I, I went to Puerto Rico um, in January for a conference and I hadn't really taken a moment to just stop and be still. But like over three days, my mind was so clear. Every idea started to make sense to me because I just stopped doing and I just kind of settled into being. So just finding space and time to just just be, you know? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Hey, girl. Don't be acting like that. Why are you acting like that? <laughs> It's okay. Sorry. This is safe space. I wouldn't even, so I don't even like the word failure because I'm cool. I don't feel like nothing. I just, I just try other things, right? And then again, it's not even really failure because sometimes I do a thing and I realize I don't want to do it no more. And it doesn't mean it failed. It means I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. So when I was, so I, I'm, I was born in New York. I was raised in Atlanta. I got to Birmingham because I went to Tuskegee University. I mean, y'all UAB, but to you. And you know what I mean? And I met my husband there. He's from Birmingham. So he's like, oh, let's move to Birmingham. I was like, no, I'm straight. But obviously I'm here now, right? But when I was living in Atlanta, um, I was operating a vocal, a vocal coaching and stage performance company. And at that time in my life, that worked. I had the capacity and the energy to coach people vocally, the energy and capacity to teach them stage performance techniques. And then I said, I don't want to do this no more because these kids really can't sing and they're kind of annoying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, truly. So, you know what I'm saying? I changed my mind. So it wasn't a failed business. It was just I phased out of that. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'd much rather work with this group of people, you know? So I don't really feel like I've had anything that failed. I feel like I, I do the things that I want to do in those seasons that right. still encompass my gift, right? I'm still doing the same thing, which is cracking open potential, right? Um, and then you, I just changed my mind. So I wouldn't say anything failed. I think it phased out and I allowed myself to pivot. That's a good point. We, um, we have a lecture coming up. We haven't had it yet be in a couple of weeks. Where we talk about ideas and people. Mm -hmm. You got to treat them totally separately. Marry people, love people, stick with them, even when they turn ugly or weird or whatever. Yep. 
with ideas as soon as they turn out there, we kick them out of the house yeah. or murder them or something. I mean, treat them oppositely from people. Yeah. Like a bad idea, just get it out mm-hmm. and, and move away from it. Mm-hmm. And what you just said reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. You ain't got to do nothing you don't want to do. That's right. That's right. I, I would like to ask, um, with the time, so you guys are in the School of Entrepreneurship. What are some of the ideas that you have? What are some of the things that you're working on. There you go, good. Right? And listen, I have the spirit of call out on me. That's right, you're gonna call on me. So if you look at me too long, I'm gonna just point at you, (laughs) okay? Even if you're thinking about launching it. If you're thinking about launching it. You know, you found that problem you care about. Because you're you're here for a reason, right? They're in the School of Entrepreneurship for a reason. So what are you thinking about? What are you working on? And this is really just an opportunity to get comfortable sharing your ideas. That's right. Because listen, y'all, again, if you're not willing to talk about it, that's right. Oh my God, Mm-mm. just stop. Yeah, just stop. And about sixty percent of them said that they want to be entrepreneurs at some point in their life because we talked about that. Yeah. So, what are you working on? Hey, you in the burgundy shirt. What's your name? Yeah, Okay. What's your idea? What you doing? Uh, right now, working on becoming a copywriter. That's dope. I like that. That's um. I have a mentee. And she's amazing at writing. And right now, people need copies so bad mm-hmm. because there's so much video content, so much audio content. And unfortunately, it was a generation of people that didn't learn how to, for real, you know, write in cursive and, you know, everybody text. They don't even know how to spell words. And so they need somebody to be able to take these ideas and articulate them. So that's mm-hmm. an amazing, that's an amazing thing. Hey, you looked at me too long, right behind you. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh. I see you looked at me, you looked down, I caught your ass, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me as a person, I don't want to be able to say anything about it. You know, I, I, like, I like cars. You know? I okay. Like cars, you know? So I like to, uh, well, well, let me start right here. Let me start right here. Okay. So you ever heard of Copart? Copart, no. Copart, okay. So like, they buy insured cars, you know, like you can tow a car or something like that. They buy that. If you rebuild the car for like a fraction of the price and sell it, you can make like pregnant, you know, like. Huh. But with that idea, you have different steps coming along. Like you have people that can work on the wiring for the car. You have people that can work on the car. You have people that can work on the motor for the car and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And my, my granddad has a garage and he used to race cars and stuff like that. That's dope. I would admonish y'all too, like even while you think it through it, get involved. Go intern somewhere. Go talk mm-hmm. to somebody. Find somebody that does something you like to do, like research them. Let me That's ask right. you Hey girl. Cause you looking at me. Um, I wanna make my own plant-based coffee shop. I love that for you. I mean, so tell me more about this plant-based coffee shop. Because I, I want to be vegan one day in life, but I'm in this season of, like, bacon, and it's just not good. Well, I've been vegetarian the past four years. Okay. I've been trying to get more into plant-based. Okay. But it's hard when I go out somewhere and they don't have any, like, milk alternatives. Mm. And I want to make my own place for people that want to go out and they're vegan. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any start of it yet yeah but i have some time yeah yeah i mean write it out go to coffee shops ask people who own coffee shops like where you getting this coffee from like what's your people will tell you Mm -hmm. and we need more coffee shops in this town too i'm surprised by how few we have plant-based i love that Mm -hmm. all right we got one or two more and then we're going to do a group and the purple shit right there there. we go (laughs) (laughs) well um i actually make music okay Okay. Because really, it, 
it takes a while for me to really conjure up like I guess what I want to put in because like you said, like I try to make sure that I don't work myself and I make it feel like it's an actual like job or like something I love. But um I've been working on it since like maybe August of last year. Okay. And, um, yeah. Okay, boom, call real quick, cause I do wanna but I know you said we ain't got no more time, but you no, said I'm a guest sure. and yeah, I do yeah. want to do it. Okay, so what I was going to say is you're going to have to work it like it's a job, okay? So I don't want you to, you're going to work it like it's a job. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a job that you love, but you're going to have to give it that type of energy. But just make sure you take in like the mental space. But then two, even in the music industry, because that's also an area that I operate in, like be mindful of all the different things you can do. Have you ever heard of sync licensing? So there's something called sync licensing. A lot of times when we think of producers, we're like, okay, I got to produce for Rihanna. I got to produce. But there is a field called sync licensing. Think of all of the video and the movies on TV. There's music behind all of it. And you don't know all those artists. But there is hundreds and thousands of mm. dollars in sync licensing. So Netflix comes out with a show every other day, right? But they need music for those shows. So they have to find producers and artists where they can sync the music with the video, with the movies. So I want you to look into that too, because that is a quicker way to get into music and start making money. Because it's not always just the people you see in front. There are so many different jobs. So um, look into that. That's right. cool. That can get you going and make a little money. And then your personal stuff that you really care about, you can spin yep. it off and do it. But it helps you to get... We started quick. She looked at the window like I want to talk to her. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey. Um, I'm not too traditional student. Um, I actually am a business owner, but I'm kind of in a step home. So I'm approaching retirement, but my hobby, my love, is event planning and catering. And I'm at a point in my life where do I want to continue or do I want to hang it up? I feel like I am ready to do something like a rebranding mm -hmm. because the market here in the Birmingham area is not what I desire to do. I want to do the grander. I want to do the big. I want to be the one where people are trying to book me but I'm told you. That's mm -hmm. my vision. I want to be able to create the dream, the whatever, but not to be, I want to be affordable, but I don't want to take away from me. And what I'm attracting is a hook a sister up, a hook a brother up. And I'm tired of that, so I'm, it's almost to the point where I just want to wipe my hands up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, real quick, because I know I got one more minute and mm -hmm. it's time to go to class, but. Mm -hmm. What I would say, I would like to talk to you though, because um, yeah, we do stuff in events, and there's some people I can connect you to. But mm -hmm. don't wipe your hands of it. It's not you. It's probably just how you're saying it, what mm -hmm. you're presenting. When you think about Louis Vuitton or Lamborghini, ain't no clearance rack. You save your money and you go in there when you got some money, or you just walk by and be like, well, maybe one day, right? There mm -hmm. are luxury people, and they don't change that for nobody, anything. And people are very clear on that. And they go to them when they want a luxurious experience. So I think sometimes it's just about the messaging and looking at like your, your service offerings. Um, but yeah, I, I like to talk to you though. That's right. There is so much talent in this room. Yes. And, and I love that you called on them because a lot of times you got to do that and then they'll just dump it and you're like, cool. whoa. Real quick, 
in internship? Um, yeah, we, we have internships. If you would like to come through, check us out, work with us. If you, you want to do anything in audio engineering, um, event planning, all those different things, we have so many different spaces for you to be able to work out your talent. We have clients. Um, and yeah, we're like cool kids, so come kick with us. Our website, PolarisBHM.com. You can find info there or our IG. It's Polaris Birmingham. Thank you, Evan. This has been amazing. Man, come on. <laughs> all right. Thank you for tuning in to the How Do I Do This podcast. I believe and hope something transformative was said today. So do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Be sure not to hoard all the jewels to yourself and share with those who need this information. Until next time.